podcast. As always, I'm Morgan. And I'm Tyler. And today we are discussing the movie The Conjuring 2. Um, this is the second in our trilogy. Would we call it a trilogy? I'm calling it a trilogy. Um, leading up to the release of the new Conjuring movie, uh, Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. Um, this is our first time doing something like this, so we're pretty excited to go all in into this universe. And we hope you guys enjoy it too. If you haven't seen the movie, make sure you stop listening now and watch the movie and come back to us because there will be spoilers. So I think we're going to talk about what we liked about the movie, what we didn't like about the movie, and then I think we're going to get into what actually happened at this haunting, similar to what we did on the first episode. Which, these movies are based on a true story, and so we'll kind of discuss that a little bit, our feelings on that. (laughs) So, Morgan, do you have a synopsis for us? From IMDb, as always, Ed and Lorraine Warren travel to North London to help a single mother raising four children alone in a house plagued by a supernatural spirit. And in this one, we again have uh, Vera Farmiga, Patrick Wilson playing Lorraine and Ed. And then we have a bunch of other people I don't know playing the family. (laughs) I don't think there's anybody else of note other than... Those, and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, I mean, there are main characters here. I think we've pretty much established that. So, Morgan, I need to hear what you liked about this. Wait, can I, can I, well, hold on. We have a couple of errata items that we need to clear up from last week. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, you were correct. Amityville happened uh, after the parent haunting. So, Which we're kind of introduced to that in the beginning of correct. this one. That was actually the first opening, that was the opening scene of this one. And by the way, the opening scene of this one, way scarier than the last one. Well, and it was really cool because um, the opening scene of this one, I knew just by that window that it was the The Amityville House. house Because it's that notorious. Yeah. But I appreciate in this that in this series, this universe um, of these movies, Instead of actually doing the Amityville haunting because it's so famous, I feel like they skipped over that one, but they still used it in their lore and everything. You know, it's interesting. I wonder why they didn't make a new Amityville with James Wan as a director. And I learned something new that The Haunting in Connecticut was also an Ed and Lorraine Warren case. Oh. I did not know that. Well, and that's what I thought is maybe because it's so big, it's been done so many times that they just wanted to leave those classics alone. Like, the Amityville Horror original and the remake are both good, so maybe they just didn't Mm. want to beat a dead horse. I don't know. I feel like James Wan could have really brought something (laughs) to it. Again, right away, the one thing that I do love about these movies and this universe is the use of the spooky music. I didn't even notice the music. I know. Well, and then, so last time we talked about how he did Insidious as well, the, is it the director or whatever? Yes. The music and the use of strings in that movie, because I just watched that this past I'll, week too. I'll buy an Insidious. I'll buy an Insidious. But the use of the music, just to set the atmosphere and everything, that, like I said before, that's something extremely important to me in horror movies because it really sets my teeth on edge in a good way. And... Right after the music, we get introduced to London. I don't know if you noticed that, but I thought it was really cool, like how they did the different flashes of London, like the different sightseeing places. 
monuments and all that and they oh they used a lot of music from the time period again in this one to kind of set the stage i didn't notice but i can tell you one of the first thing i noticed was the camera work Mm -hmm. and i loved when the kids were getting ready for bed and they kind of came up through the window and went through each of the routines of the children that's Mm -hmm. all a wonder there are no cuts and i don't know how they did that but it looked really cool Mm -hmm. another thing um how you were talking about it came in like looked at all the kids routines and everything uh the posters on the girls bedroom walls Mm -hmm. are all from that time period and everything and then if you notice at the end how they do um remember in the last one at the end they actually showed pictures of the family and stuff they made the girls bedrooms look exactly like the pictures correct from the real ones so i thought i thought that was really cool they actually made the entire house look that way. Did I they? actually got to watch a behind-the-scenes thing where they were recreating it. Oh, cool. And they actually had Janet and her sister come in. And actually, they met with uh, Lorraine Warren because Ed Warren had passed away. And it was a very emotional reunion. They caught it all on camera. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Morgan, would you ever use a Ouija board? No. Because that's the next thing we get into. Right. And that freaked me out. Well, and they make one. Oh, yeah, they did. I didn't even pay <laughs> like attention to that. These little kids making a Ouija board. So that was more of a dislike. But it happens right there, and I think it's important that I ask you that question. That will not be in a, uh, in a Distractaholics episode of us playing with the Ouija board. It will not no. happen. <laughs> um, so the little girls, they play with the Ouija board, and then um, they don't hear anything. And they're asking questions about their dad and everything, who we later find, on, find out that he kind of up and left randomly. Um and when the entity, when things start happening in the house, uh, one thing that I noticed is you can see the little girl, is it Janet? Yes. Her, like, you can see her health deteriorating mm-hmm. in her face right away. And I thought that was a really good attention to detail, as you would say. Oh, yeah. Right away, her face is super pale. She's got the um, big circles under her eyes. Like, you could tell she hasn't been resting well, that type of thing. So they do a, a a good job of that. In in this movie, my my next like is I think they do a really good job. So the in the last Conjuring movie, mm-hmm. it was a lot of build up tension and then a jump scare kind of thing. In this, there were a lot more jump scares, but they also built a lot more tension. Um, I thought this movie was in general much scarier than the first one, night and day scarier. See, I I actually disagreed. Um, I what the the. So I separated my notes into likes, dislikes, random thoughts, questions, and scariest shit. I had two things listed for the scary shit, and that was it. Okay, let's come back to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Attention to detail. So when she starts to sleepwalk, I like how they put things in the background sometimes. So you can actually see as she sleepwalks back up to her room. You can see Bill Wilkins sitting in his chair, and I had no if I ever caught that before. So I remember the first time watching this movie... My husband and I, we actually, I think we liked this one a lot better than the first one. But re-watching this one, I I really didn't like it that much. Really? And I feel like it was just a build-up to make you want to watch The Nun. Because I feel like it focused on that so much. Like, building up that demonic presence or whatever. Like... I feel like it was just almost like a an extended trailer to get you to want to watch the movie The Nun. But but The Nun wasn't made until three or four years later. I know, I know. But like watching this one, I'm like, oh well, maybe I'll maybe I'll try and watch The Nun again mm. because 
I had tried to watch it before and I didn't like it and it I just stopped watching it because I really wasn't interested. But the way they build it up in this movie, I'm like, man, I gotta check it out again. So I feel like they did a really good job of baiting you in to watch their next movie they came out with. See, I got the complete opposite. I didn't even care about the nun <laughs> or the demon Valak and all that. Didn't care whatsoever. I, I did. It it hooked me. Hook, line, and sinker. So my next like is the actress that plays Janet. Yeah, that's that's what I have as my next. Um, yeah. What What do you have for 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 Jan- the actress that plays Janet? Just how well she portrays the utter terror she feels. Like, she nailed it. I would have 100% thought that she was scared out of her mind, especially in when she's hiding under the covers. Yes, that's exactly the scene. Yeah, like, she just portrays terror perfectly. And it's super believable. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, like, scary. And I, that's really hard. It's hard to portray fear because it doesn't always feel when, when you're believable. an actor. Right. It's hard to make it feel believable. And I was scared right along with her. Yeah. So, Yes, I think she did a terrific job. Um, there's a couple scenes in this that I really love because of how scary they are. It's it's two scenes in particular. One of them is the scene where she's home, Janet's home from school, and the TV's changing by itself, and she she gets around, she turns around, and uh, he yells behind her, my mm-hmm. house. I forgot that that was there, and I literally screamed. Jumped out of your skin. Completely oh. forgot that that happened. Oh, my God. I thought that she saw him in the TV behind her, which she did, but I forgot that he yelled behind her, and it scared me so bad. <laughs> That's always one of my biggest fears is, like, that I'll be looking in a mirror or the reflection of something, and something is going to be behind me. Me, too. Like, and I don't, maybe it's just because I've seen these movies before, but even after watching the first Conjuring, like there was only one night that I was scared that something was going to grab my feet and pull me off the bed, <laughs> rather than it being like a week long thing of I am not going to be able to sleep. Like there was only one night of that this time, and for when I watched the second one, I was like, eh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, all right. <laughs> the um the office scene with the painting with the nun painting with the nun painting that was scary how it like they use like the uh the, in, what is it the fluorescent yeah for, or, for the eyes yeah, to make them glow and make... the, the shadow walks over to it and it comes oh that was so scary that that was really good that was it made me think of in the remake of it how they have the portrait that the oh, lady yeah, comes yeah. out of the portrait that's what it made me think of I want to say the bent neck lady, but that is a reference to uh, Haunting of Hill House. Correct. I loved how both, this is just a writing thing because I'm the sap. <laughs> I loved the Ed and Lorraine Warren stories that they were telling where they were like, oh, it took me a real long time to find someone that believed me. What'd you do? I married him. And then they both did it. Ah, oh, loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. That's actually, it's funny that you bring that up because that's actually one of my dislikes is I said I could do without the shit with Ed and Lorraine taking care of the... Oh, just a second. That's the wrong thing. Mm, Oh. I felt I was sick of the Ed and Lorraine drama, but like in their relationship. I was just sick about their relationship. I didn't want to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah, I I also didn't like the touchy-feely stuff He kept saying, your visions are a gift from God. God brought us together for Mm -hmm. this. But then when she tries to like back out of it and say, no, we have to be done, we have to be done. And he's like no, we're supposed to do this together. And if her visions are a gift from God and she's saying, no, we need to back out, 
maybe you should listen. Have you met many men that listen? Moving on. <laughs> My last couple likes. The blurry vision where it looks like it's more camera work stuff. After he has like the... He breaks into the house and he gets hit with the steam. Like, yeah, the steam burn. It's it's more camera work where they can't see exactly what's going on. It looks like a video game. It's all first person. Kind of VR-ish. Yes. Before VR was big. I, I like the different camera work they did with that. And my last like, Morgan, unlike the exorcism scene, I thought the demon banishing scene was super cool. It, yeah, it was a lot better this time around than the last time. And maybe that's because they'd done it a couple times at this point. But supposedly they were supposed to have done it before the first one too, but... Because Insidious would have come first, well, and then The Conjuring. They weren't actually a part of Insidious. That's correct. That's correct. That's a different universe. Yeah, it's just... But James thing. Wan's done Yeah, yeah, it's so just So he the should same. know monsters. Right. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. It was definitely better than the last one. Okay, I'll take it. What else you got on the dislike list? You sure you want to get me started? I do. <laughs> um, well, I hate it. Like, the stuff about the crooked man, I didn't really understand. It felt thrown in yeah, when, I, like, when I went back and watched. It wasn't as cohesive. Correct. As, like, because, okay, we've got this crooked man going on. We've got this old man haunting the place. Like, there, but then it's not the old man haunting. It's actually this demon. Valak. Yeah, this demon trying to get in through the old man to get to, like, it's just a lot of things on top of each other that don't necessarily need each other to be on their own, I guess. I don't know. Um, There was one point uh, that I just... With all the good camera work and everything that we talked about, I just thought it was very unfit with how this was filmed. There was a random freeze frame on the mom's face after Janet has the seizure. Like, it just freezes on her face and then, like, goes to a different scene. Like, almost like in a... um like a TV show or like a comic book type type movie where they just freeze on the person's or like mm-hmm. you know when they would freeze on a person's face and then they like scroll out like yeah. a newspaper type thing like it was almost like that and I just thought it was completely irrelevant to so they do that they they um when the crooked man starts to when they first see him and it's the one of the little brothers and I think it's the dog that turns into the crooked man <laughs> I hated that also and when they're when he's running backwards, they also like slow down. It's the only slow motion scene they do in the whole thing. It felt weird with the rest of the camera work right, that they've done. Right. Some of, yeah, the camera work was just so smooth and it flowed really well. And then you had the random things that just were completely opposite of what they had been doing. It felt like they were trying something that didn't maybe right. pan out. Man, did pick one more thing? Yeah. I've got plenty more, so keep okay, going. Okay, all right. I hated how the mom jumped out of bed. And was looking camera ready. Because when I jump out of bed. That doesn't happen to you? No, when I jump out of bed, I look like Beetlejuice. Like my hair's going all these different directions. It didn't felt completely unbelievable. Uh, I didn't even notice that, to be honest. Made me mad. <laughs> you were just jealous of it. Um, as we continue the dislikes here, I was very annoyed with just painting this portrait of how... Ed and Lorraine are such good doers and like saints and they're always doing um, stuff for the family. Um, she He goes in and he fix this, fixes the sink. He goes down and he's going to fix the leak in the basement. The music. And all yeah, that stuff. the guitar, like all that shit is just, it's sentimental shit that I don't, I don't need because 
I don't know if it's just because I don't care about these characters very much. Like, to put it coldly, like, I just don't care about them. And I don't know if I 100% believe that they weren't just big hoax people that were just doing this for money and to take advantage mm-hmm. of people. So, but I don't know much about them. So I I know that you do. So you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't, it annoyed me how much it was shoved down my throat that they were such do-gooders. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Would you have followed... I'm going to go back to the opening scene. Okay. And Lorraine's in her... In in the other world, wherever, having one of her visions. They're at the Amityville house. Would you have followed that demonic-looking child down into the basement? No. You never go down into the basement. That's... Okay, so one of the podcasts that I listen to, the um, Horror Cafe, who I hope that we can do a collaboration with sometime... They have uh, these list of horror um, rules that they go through at the end of their podcast Uh and talk about um, how in whatever movie they're watching, the people in the movie break the rules Mm -hmm. and going into the basement or the attic is always one of them that everyone always breaks. Mm -mm. No way would I go down that basement. (laughs) Like, all right, pack it up. All right, well, they're going to the basement, so I'm going to leave now. I'm going to head out. And would you have gone into the water like Ed did to fix that leak? I don't like going in water where I can't see. the bottom? Yeah, I'm really weird about that. Me too. Like, I like to swim in the, like, I love water. I love swimming in the ocean. I love swimming in Lake Michigan because it's clear. But, like, other lakes, rivers, ponds, I'm I'm pretty leery about that. (laughs) I've seen too many horror movies. I'm just afraid of snakes. (laughs) That's all I'm really afraid of is snakes. I'm trying to desensitize myself to them. Yeah, okay. It's not working. (laughs) Um, What else you got for us? I had a a few questions Uh while I was watching this. Okay. My first question was, it always seems like families who are down on their luck, struggling financially, or just kind of emotionally fragile that they are always the ones that we see in this um Mm -hmm. type of situation and is do you think it's because they're emotionally fragile and they're open to these types of things or that they always have to move somewhere that's really cheap and so that kind of leaves them open to moving somewhere where bad things could have happened in the past so my understanding of how these things work is that People are targeted because they are in a more vulnerable state emotionally. That well, you're is, doomed. I know. Tell me, right? <laughs> and that is allegedly how things worm their way into these people's lives. That's based on research I've done, movies I've seen, that kind of thing, that have some kind of historical or factorial type backing. My next question was, why do Ed and Lorraine need the pu- publicity? Like, they go on that TV show and stuff. Like, why is it important to them to, to not necessarily be famous, but why are they just trying to get the word out there so they can help more people? I think they're trying to get people to believe and understand that these things are real instead of dismissing all the time. That's my interpretation of why they're doing that. I also think... Ed may have been a bit egotistical based on some of the interviews I've seen. Okay. And they kind of show that. Um, but I don't think that was Lorraine's doing based on interviews I've seen with Lorraine. Okay. My last question was, 
I like just trash talking the Warrens basically during during the whole movie. So did they just severely neglect their daughter by going to all these places and saving all these other people? They were only there for a couple days. It's fine. <laughs> these are the things I think about during these movies. So you want to get into what actually happened? Yes, I, I'm very interested to know. Okay. So these notes are super out of order, so we're going to go all over the place. Okay. Um, so a lot of the stuff that they show up until the demon banishing is all real. Um, so do they have, like, the stuff on camera and everything of the girl, like, talking in his voice? Yes, and I actually listened to the actual recordings. Was it terrifying? It was a little scary. Um, the whole thing where they put tape, they, so not only they put water in her mouth, they put tape over her mouth. Um, I'll get back to that, though. But So the dresser sliding was actually real. The mom witnessed it. That's when they called the police. Um, the curtain around Janet's neck where mm-hmm. she was strangled, real. Um, the, when the police were there, a chair did, in fact, move across the room. The police witnessed it. That's correct. Everything. Toy bricks were flying around, which they talked about but never showed. They had furniture being thrown around. The levitation photos are all real. Okay, 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 okay. But that levitation photo of looks her like in the room, it looks like she's jumping. Yes. Um, Maurice Gross. Which I had a question too. Like, why was he so involved? So, um, because he was media, right? The, no, he was not. The media reached out to the Society for Psych- Psychical Research, which is a really old paranormal society. Oh. Um, and he was an engineer and an inventor. So they were calling him in to debunk it. Oh, I thought he was a part of the media. No. So, the story that he had just lost his daughter, that's true. That's actually real. Okay. Um, so he was there trying to, his daughter's name was also Janet. So he was there trying to either prove or disprove what was going on. Uh, they had launched or logged over 2,000 what they considered paranormal experiences. My mind's blown right there. Um, recording. So they actually brought in a ventriloquist and a magician to investigate to make sure that they weren't just making it up. So there, people actually think that uh, this is all a hoax. There's a lot of people that believe it was a hoax. That'd be a lot of people to have in on it, though. There were 17 people that witnessed poltergeist behavior and were actually interviewed and went on record. And, like, it's so hard to get, like, in murders and, like, different robberies. Like, it's so hard to get people to be on the same page with those. Like, just one or two people. So, 17, like, that's a lot of people to kind of corroborate the whole, the same exact things happening. So... Um, the Bill name, Bill Wilkins, came mm-hmm. through. Um, how his method of death was actually true and was confirmed by a relative that he had died of the hemorrhage and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Janet was seen levitating through a window. They talk about that, but never in depth. Uh, let's see. So here's why the people think a lot of it's a hoax. So the girls admitted to making some of the stuff up. They felt bad when people would come in and then nothing would happen. But Maurice Gross claimed that he was able to pick out what they were thinking pretty easily. Um, so they had a fireplace torn from the wall in the children's room while nobody was home. While Gross was uh, investigating, they were communicating through knocks when nobody else was home. So you may be wondering how it all stopped then. If the demon banishing wasn't actually true. Yeah, so what, if they didn't actually banish anything, do an exorcist, cleanse the house, whatever, why did it stop? So Janet was hospitalized. Mm -hmm. They tested for epilepsy, mental illness, and all that. 
and she was gone for a little while. And when she came back, everything just kind of stopped. That's weird. So that's, again, why people really believe it's a hoax. Yeah. I wonder if she, when she came back, if she was on medication, which no longer made her susceptible to it or something. It's possible. And one last thing I'm mentioning just for you. So when they did the water experiments, Mm -hmm. they tested her with a laryngograph. Laryngograph. Anyways, don't read my notes. You don't don't read my handwriting. <laughs> um, it revealed that Janet's voice was using full vocal folds, whatever that means, and not the larynx. And they said that somebody typically can't talk like that for long periods of time no. without damaging their voice or being hoarse afterwards. And Janet would go right back to that. So well, and especially like proje- projecting it as loud. As, like I understand ventriloquism's a thing. But you're not really throwing your voice super far, so, so uh, that's wild. That's I, it. I don't know if I believe that it wasn't a hoax, but I don't know if I believe that it was a demonic possession. So it's a lot of, uh, it's more of a poltergeist than a demonic possession. They, it's the um, infield haunting is actually mm-hmm. referred to as a poltergeist. There's no demonic stuff mentioned They whatsoever. just made it into a demonic Correct. Stuff. Okay, okay. Because demonic seems more scary than a poltergeist. Well, it was a setup for their next movie, The Nun. You just said that. Oh, true. True. Right. That's all I got. Which, is The Nun set before this? It um, is, right? I believe because it's set it, way before it. Because it talks about, like, how Valak became in the shape of The Nun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That That is, like, a prequel. Okay. All right. So, let's run this one through our rating system. And as should we start from the bottom and go to the top? Sure. Let's do things differently. This is our first time recording in person together, so let's just mix it all up. All right, so starting with the context of the dialogue, did you feel like it went along with the times and the storyline, or was it way out of place? And this is on that one to five scale. Yeah, it's, it was very British. It was very British. I'd give it at least a four. It, it sounded right. But we're not British, so can we really judge? Yeah, they were biscuits and bins and all that fun stuff. <laughs> all right, so for this, uh, the storytelling of the dialogue. Did you feel like the dialogue made sense yeah. and flew, flew, flowed well? Fluided? Or does it take away from the story? No, it sounds Yeah, good. It, it worked with the story. Five. The performance of the acting. So the actors themselves. Are we thinking Oscar worthy or I can do better? So we talked about how much we loved Janet. Janet did a really good job. Everyone else, I feel like. Was okay. Yeah, they just did their job. (laughs) I I give them a four. Yeah, it wasn't anything I was, you know, obsessed with. Um, And the characters. Were the characters multidimensional to you or pretty bland? I feel, personally, I feel like they tried to make them multidimensional with how much they shoved Ed and Lorraine's values and relationship down our throats, but I just really didn't care about them. I'll give it a three. Okay. (laughs) Intrigue. Did the theme intrigue you? Does it teach us a lesson? Make us think? Form an emotional connection or no connection? I definitely felt... I felt personally connected to what was going on in the story. Yeah. I was pretty into it. I, I didn't. I don't know what. I don't know why. We were in a bad mood. I don't know. Maybe. Like, the first time I watched this, though, I was like, yeah, this is this is way scary. But the second time, I was just like, I just don't care. Oh, I was terrified. Um, Four? Can we agree on a four? Can we knock down to a three? Let's go three. Okay. Uh, the intrigue of the theme. Oh, wait. We already did that one. <laughs> 
the identity identity <laughs> was it extremely entertaining or not entertaining well it was definitely entertaining <sighs> four i heard a four all right i'll give you the four entertainment value was it extremely entertaining or not entertaining i give it four all right the premise is it exciting or has it been overdone mm, it's been done yeah it's been that's the thing with like the horror movies and stuff like especially hauntings of some sort like they've just they've been beat to death i'd give it three yeah i feel like that's fair is it plausible yeah because we've yeah we've talked about it it's not something that i don't believe could happen but i'm just not sure i'm convinced i give it a five yeah that's fine the story arc does it do a good job of building everything up and then we reach the climax and then resolution i'd say so all right regardless of how you feel i give it a five <laughs> okay my opinion no longer matters here folks all right so tally us up here tyler you're really actually doing math by hand i'm impressed because yeah. i use my calculator every 21, time. 21 and 19 is uh 30 40 out of 50 40 out of 50 so that's like I want to say it's 80%. Yeah, it's 80. You just double the number. I don't care. <laughs> okay. So we've got an 80%. On the distractaholics slash cast rating scale. All right. So that's all we really have for The Conjuring 2. Um, so the next, uh, The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It comes out the 4th. That's correct. So that's in five days? Yes. So that's coming out. We're planning on projectoring it outside, right? It's going to be really spooky. I hope it's not like a movie where stuff happens outdoors. Because I know, because we're both going to be shitting our pants. Because then i got to drive home. Yeah. Um, so that's that's always scary, too, because you're like, is something in my backseat? I always check the backseat before always. I get in. Yes, yes, because of all the urban legends. And then I've been distracting myself with Supernatural and all the time there's stuff on the road and then maybe yes. I'll hit it and it'll be in my backseat. You never stop for anything, mm -mm. which I tell myself that all the time. But then I'm also the person who it's midnight and there's a car on the side of the road and I'm like, I stop. Hey, you guys need anything? Oh, I drive right past. <laughs> and I'm like. Oh my God, what am I doing? As I'm doing it, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I'll stop for a squirrel. I literally came to a stop on my way here for a squirrel who just looked at me. <laughs> but uh, distracting me this week, I really don't have much. My dog had surgery. That's about it. Babying him. I really haven't done much this week. I haven't either. And I'd like to go socialize. Yeah. So, so I'm distracting myself with socialization. This is a big step for Tyler. Talk to people all day. Because you have to. You yeah. get paid to do it. That's true. I'm not paying you to do this. All right. So that's all we have. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to give us a like and follow if you have enjoyed this podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Give us some reviews on the different platforms. We've got uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube. You can find us on our website. Send us an email at distractaholics.com. Distractaholics yeah. I think we're at distractaholics on all the things. Yeah, I think so. So give us some love. Let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. Um, after we do the Conjuring stuff, we're hoping to branch out into more different topics. So 
If you have any ideas for episodes or things that you want us to distract ourselves with, let us know. Morgan, we had specific requests to review a video game, which should be really oh. interesting. Oh, is it Don't Blink? It is. All right. But thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Love you. Bye.